I am the God that He led thee. I am the Lord, your healer. I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. Father, we thank you. We bless your name because of your presence here. And because you are here mightily not only to bless, but you are here also because the power of God to heal is present here. You are here because the power to save and to deliver is here. You are here because you are in your majesty. We give you praise and glory. We worship and adore you. You have already begun to encounter us. And Lord, thank you because our battles are already being confronted of you. Obatobie is what you have come into this house this morning with. And Lord, we receive you as such in the name of Jesus. Ebata in every situation, Lord, Obigoran in our Jesus. If you enter any of our situations, the healing has come. The grace has come. The victory has come. The end has come. The glory has come. We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for salvation, for healing in all modes of life, income, lifestyle, business, community life, national life, Lord, in our endeavors. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive every glory and honor, power and dominion and majesty. Thank you. As your word ministers and you confirm your word. As you also visit the Lord in our crying and calling upon you for what you are already beginning to do. And for visiting your people. Everybody who God and every yoke here is broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, you cast away the bars of iron in sunder. And Father in heaven, every chain is struck free. And we have liberty. We have freedom. We are delivered. We are made whole. We are not only saved. We are sanctified. We are held. And we are made preserved unto your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. You worship and glorify in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord has already given us the message this morning. Need we say any more? When we were led to fix the healing service, it was to just intervene a normal way of worship. And as we are living a kingdom lifestyle, we also receive the wholeness of God in healing in every facet of our lifestyle, in every facet of our community life, in every facet of the things he has committed unto us, that we may be whole and entire to serve him and serve him acceptably in the name of Jesus Christ. Healing is not just only for the physical. That's important because only the living can praise the Lord and only the one who has life can praise the Lord and he has come to give us life and give us life in all his fullness and heal the infirmities. It's also material in the things we need for life and godliness. It's also familiar in areas of our lives and family that we still have deficits, that we still cry, that there is no peace, there is no child, there is no conception. We are searching for a life partner. That's also an area that God wants healing, that we may be whole and entire. Healing also in our endeavors, in our business life, in our workplace, also in our academic life. Healing that we may be excellent in spirit, mighty in wisdom, as he has ordained us to be in him. That's why God asked us to fix this today. And I do believe that he has already begun to minister to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Your healing comes 
as your heart opens and you receive from the Lord. It may just be a word. It may be a sentence. It may not even be up to the time we go to actually pray on the area of need. The Lord is here. And he says this morning to Capitol, from January up to now, he has come here this morning as Obatubie. And I'll give the name to Genaha Jesus. Wherever the name and whatever the who and whatever the color and dimension, if you can trust the Lord for just once, as he speaks the word and your heart catches in faith, it is done in Jesus' name. You receive that of which God has come to visit with us in the name of Jesus Christ. And lately again, we have begun to hear about that. that and God has kept hammering. He had done that some time ago and truly there was a harvest of that. And the Lord stemmed his hand as it were. I know that in other places, other churches, perhaps dates occur almost on a regular basis. Every two weeks, every month. But we are of the house of God. And we belong to the kingdom. And we are the children of the kingdom. And when God also sees us, and sees the things happening with others, and even when the angel of death and destruction passes by, because of his covenant with us in this place, when he sees the blood and our covenant relationship, he will pass over in the name of Jesus. That will have no effect on us. When we are old and well advanced in years, when we have fulfilled our destiny, that will come. But not untimely, not abruptly. And maybe we heard partially. And maybe we said, well, it's one of those things God has been saying. But we have noticed just over the past one week, sudden death of a young person here who was sick on a Thursday, was to be given drip on a Friday, and was called home to come and see her regular doctor. Something you will not think was otherwise serious. Even the sister said, no, not quite serious as it were. By Monday, she was dead. Right at home. She was buried on Thursday. And on inquiry, she's a young person who worships here, even though she goes to school at Tunisic, Ataka. But when she's back and home, she's here. So, the hangover of death is there. And there have been revelations, times over, of many graves that were open. And God kept warning, Sunday after Sunday, and in other closets. But as we prayed, maybe we prayed not so fully, the graves began to be closed up. Praise the Lord. The graves began to be filled up. Not with human corpses, but filled up because God was beginning to have mercy. As our last Sunday, one of us said, there was still a grave that remained open, yawning. Despite the efforts to close up, was still open. It shall not be you in Jesus' name. It shall not be anyone here in the name of Jesus. A women, because of it, had to do a solemn assembly yesterday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Calling upon the Lord. Because of this, and because of the times in which we are. So we have already begun with the mood of the Lord. And we will consummate it this morning. That grave will be closed permanently in Jesus' name. Not with anyone here, but with the glory given to God. And to him be the praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Because God has already begun today with us, all we want to do is to just say a few more things as we expect the Lord to minister to us in every area of your need. It doesn't matter the difficulty or the name. Everything is possible under the Lord in the name of Jesus. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Our problem has been because we are well read. Because we are intelligent, because we are in the medical field, and so you can fathom out how the diseases go, pathophysiology, their ways and the etiology. It's difficult for you to imagine that God can go over and above your knowledge and stem the ill health. Because you're a lawyer, because you're an engineer, because you're an anatomy student, because you're somebody who is in the business field, but you have some experience. It's difficult for you to imagine God suspending the economic indices and healing your business. 
and stepping into your situation, I ask you this morning again, as you open your heart, suspend your mind. Did you hear me? I say suspend your mind. Just let it be open. That's what we call the tabla rasa. We say that when a child is born, the child has a mind that is like what? Tabula rasa. In other words, a blood, blackboard, table that is erased, clean, clear. It is what you begin to load into that child that you will begin to accumulate and grow with it. And so the scripture will say, teach a child, let him up in the way he should grow. When he grows up, that tabula rasa that has accumulated the way you taught him, he will not depart from it. And it's true. So let everyone this morning have a tabula rasa. Tell yourself, tabula rasa. To the burdens and the ills that have plagued you. And faith that the Lord, Obatubie, he is here to heal and to give you a new meaning in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 33. We'll use that as just a background text and then we'll pray. We'll pray corporately. Some of us will take up some of the prayer point. We all agree and we believe the Lord to intervene and cause that as our hearts are open, He will feed them with His intervention, with His confrontation. He told us, I have come to fight your battles for you. Taking care of your fear. That's what we're addressing. Taking care of your fear. Let fear be gone. Gather your heart. So that's even the prophecy we just heard now. Gather your heart. Put yourself together. What are those giants? What are those fears? You will never see them. You will look for them and will not see them. Because the greatest man in battle is the one at work. May we be recipients of that grace, even as we read and receive of him in the name of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 33, we'll read just the first nine verses and pick a few things there and take them to receive comprehensive healing from the Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus says the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mount and by the sword. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men, whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury, and for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. Behold, behold, I will bring it health and cure. Say amen in the name of Jesus. And I will cure them. Say another amen. And I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and of truth. Amen. And I will cause the captivity, the things that have put you in chain. And I will cause the things that have put you in fear. And I will cause the things that have put you in prison. And I will cause the things that put you in deficit. Performing suboptimally. Sighing. Crying. I will bring the captivity and cause the captivity of Judah, the captivity of Israel, to return and will build them as at the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. Now listen to verse 9. That's God's desire. And that's what we will live here with today. And that's the covenant that we will have established of the Lord. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth. God is now speaking about you. You are the covenant Israel to him. 
He talked about Judah and Israel. Now he's talking about you who are the covenant Israel. Commonwealth of Israel. Brought in by Christ. And so as Christ grafted you. He's now speaking about you. And you shall be to me a name of joy. Amen. A praise. Amen. And an honor before all the nations of the earth. Who shall hear all the good that I do unto you, and they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness, and for all the prosperity that I procure unto you. So shall it be in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me read the message Bible, and it makes it now down to earth. We have students here, we have the young people here, we have the teen here, we have the children here. The students of Graceland College are also visiting to thank God. So let's just read it in the way you appreciate it in everyday language. While Jeremiah was still locked up in jail, a second message from God was given to him. God had given him a first message in Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 1 through 3, while he was locked up in the prison guard. Now God had caused to give a second message because there was still loom, there was still calamity, there was an impending doom. There was captivity. Pending. And God has given us message already. Not only for healing service today, but for your life and for situations around. And so as he's given to Jeremiah, he's speaking to you as well. This is God's message. The God who made it. Who made it livable and lasting. Known everywhere as God. Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Verse 4. This is what God, the God of Israel, has to say about what's going on in this city. He has said something about what's going on in your life. I've seen all the battles you're fighting. I will confront every of them that confronts you this morning. That's God speaking to you. I've seen your hearts. I've seen your situation. This morning I have come in to be the God of Obatubia and he will intervene in the name of Jesus. This is a message God is saying to his people about the homes of both people and kings that have been demolished. About all the ravages of war and the killing by the Chaldeans. And about the streets littered with the dead bodies of those killed because of my raging anger. About all that's happened because the evil actions in this city have turned my stomach in disgust. But now, everybody say but now. But now, take another look. I'm going to give you a thorough renovation. Walking a true healing inside and out. I'm going to show them life. Whole. Life brimming with blessings. I will restore everything that was lost to you, to Judah and Jerusalem. I will build everything back as good as new. Say amen to that. I will scrub them clean from the death they have done against me. I will forgive everything they've done wrong. I will forgive all their rebellions. And Jerusalem, you are the heavenly Jerusalem, the Jerusalem of God. And Jerusalem will be a center of joy and praise and glory for all the countries on earth. They will get reports on all the good I am doing for you. Praise the Lord. They will be in awe of the blessings I am pouring on you. This is the word of God. And God has finished the message. The message is clear. Healing in all ramifications. Message God gave when there was doom awaiting Israel because they had paid lip service to him. And actually the destruction of Jerusalem eventually came in the midst of gloom, in the midst of doom, in the midst of impending calamity, 
in the midst of famine and pestilence because they had been besieged already. They didn't have enough food to eat. The armies of the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar's army had come around. And one of the strategies of war that they had those days is to surround the city and make nobody enter or go out. And over a period of time, your stock of food supply will last out. And then, you will almost easily be saying, please, just give us food, spare our lives. Do anything you want to do with us. In verse 4, we see God talking about that have been thrown down by the mounts and by the sword. And their strategy in those days was to, the houses that were near the walls that surrounded each city, this time Jerusalem, they had already pulled down the trees, the trunk that were around those houses and piled them on top of each other until they can now make a mount through them and enter the city. And so even if you lock the city gate, certain defeat was looming. Certain destruction was looming. Certain overtake was looming. And God is also speaking to us in our various situations around us. The things that have put us in prison, in fear, in jeopardy, our health challenges, the things that have made us as we look around in our time. We just celebrated 58th Independence Anniversary last Sunday, October 1. And you and I, we are wondering what is there really to celebrate. Except that there is what? Life. And perhaps we are still one as a country. And then those who will tell tales will tell you of the good old days. And now, I don't know what to call it. Is it the bad now days? But that's the extent to which you've gone. And you look all around, famine, pestilence, hunger. Nigeria now is the poorest country in the world. It used to be India. India has a population of 1.1 billion people. 1.1 to 1.3 billion. So, if they have the poorest people there, it is not a mistake. Because as their number, so will also poverty do what? Increase. Nigeria is said to be about 190 million. But with 1.1 billion, in other words, 1,100 million, if you want to count it that way, Nigeria has overtaken India. And more than half of the population, about 86 million, are said to be living below the poverty line of less than $2 a day. $2 a day will convert to how much now? So less than 17 hour a day. Something like that. That's Nigeria. That's a giant, so to say. In every other index, Nigeria takes the lead, so to say. Some of the diseases that are already bye-bye in other parts of the world are seen here in Nigeria. Which ones are we going to recount and leave the other? The accident rate in the country is higher at about the third or the fourth in the world. Of course. The third and the fourth graded terrorist groups in the world are found where? In Nigeria. Boko Haram number three. Al-Qaeda should be number one. El-Shabai in this East Africa number two. Boko Haram three. And then the Fulani Hesmen number four. Two of them, three and four, found here. And within the first half of the year, more than 3,000 lives had been lost to Fulani Hesmen and farmers attacked. Blood was literally being shed. Is it not in the last one month or so, just with the floods, villages have been ravaged. People have lost their lives. And villages now, we are talking about IDPs, where in the northeast of the country, in displaced people. Now, IDPs are in Anambra states. And you see the pictures as it were, the houses are literally submerged. Which one shall we count and leave the other? And the rains keep falling. And some are still telling us that they haven't opened the dam in Cameroon. That when they open that dam too, we may still wait to see some other action. Of course, right around the world, we see the typhoons that never cease. Japan had one. It also has had a second one. Indonesia is in the midst of it. Now, these are the things God was talking about. My people have looked up. Is it in their well-being? Is it in their livelihood? Is it in their sustenance? Is it in their worship? There is ill feeling. There is disease. 
There is infirmity. There is weakness. But amidst all this story of doom, of gloom, of impending disaster and destruction, God says, I will restore in the name of Jesus Christ. He promised restoration. He promised peace. He promised truth. He promised well-being. He promised prosperity again. Blessings to excellence. And so shall it also be with us in the name of Jesus Christ. Actually, Jerusalem eventually got destroyed. 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar ran over Jerusalem. It was built again to some extent. AD 70, it was again raised to the ground. And as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, not one stone was standing upon another in the whole of Jerusalem. It was like a big football field. Except at this time, rubbles filled everywhere. They have restored it again. It will also now also receive a beating until the millennial reign when Jesus returns. And that is when this prophecy in Ezekiel 33 is said to be a millennial prophecy of things that have happened and of the future Jerusalem, especially when Christ will come in his full power, exercise his authority, the healings will come, the restoration will come, the blessings will come, and he says it will be a joy, a praise, and glory for all the countries on earth. Friend, you and I, are the covenant Israel with God as of now. If you have received the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, you enter into the commonwealth of what? Israel. So the things God wrote here as a picture of the Jerusalem, the way it will be when Christ is physically around, is also the way he's talking about our lives, when Christ has spiritually taken ring over our lives. And the second prophecy asked, these things, the healings, they belong to those who are children of the kingdom. And ask to you a question. Are you a child? Are you among the children? Have you made peace? But thank God that he left us a condition. He said in verse 8 of that Jeremiah 33, very clearly, he doesn't usually give an open-ended word. He has a condition. He says, I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. I will pardon all their iniquities. I, the Lord, will do what? Pardon all. 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 No exception. No sin. No derangement. No compromise. No secret lifestyle. No immoral delay is too big. You haven't gone over the bar. Whatever it is you may have done, he said, I will pardon all your iniquity, whereby you have sinned and transgressed against me. And so for us to go on and appropriate the healing God has promised us this morning, the condition is that we'll be children of the kingdom. And that prophecy even quoted Matthew chapter 15, where the Syrophoenician woman came to ask Jesus for healing for the child. And Jesus looked her straight after she had pleaded and pleaded. And Jeremiah said, ask, and I will show you. I will reveal to you. I will bring the things that are impossible plain to you. And as she pleaded, Jesus gave her a direct answer. The impossible, the bridge, which must be crossed. He said, it is not meat. It is not right, Matthew 15, 26, to take the children's bread and give to the dogs. It was not a derogatory language by using dogs. Those who are Jews called members of other nations, Gentiles, dogs. It was a theme of reference. He said, no, the children's bread cannot be given to the dogs. What did he mean by that? Except you are a child of the kingdom. Except you are born again. Except you have been born in spirit. John 3, 3, 6. Except a man is born again. A child, a student is born again. He cannot see. Verse 5. Except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And verse 6 says, He who is born of the flesh is flesh. He who is born of the spirit is spirit. If you are born once, Children, students, fathers, mothers, churchgoers, 
If you are born once, given a name, baptized by your parents, confirmed perhaps, but you've just been born once, naturally, as all human beings, you are not yet born again. You are not a child of the kingdom. Heaven has no record of you. When the blessings to come for children come, especially healing that Jesus called the children's bread, it will jump over you. Sometimes it can get at you like the crumbs that the woman begged for because of the providence of God. The Father God is almighty. So you can rub off on you. The sun shines on everyone. The rain falls on everyone. The good and the bad. That can be the way you get some of those blessings. But to have a lasting and durable blessing, healing, and intervention, you said you need to be a child of the kingdom. And I ask you this morning, have you made peace with Jesus? Is he a witness in your heart that you are a child of the kingdom? If not, there is no shame about it. There is nothing to take you away and lift up pride. Damn every other thing and let the peace that he gives grant you an entrance into him. Particularly many of us here, even those who may have been children of the kingdom, God is saying, I will pardon all your iniquities. God has been speaking for a while now, particularly to us, of the sin of immorality. I was watching a video just shortly within the week, and somebody said that the average statistics for when young men break their virginity is 17.5 years. In other words, 17 and a half years. The average age at which young ladies break their virginity is 17.2 years. In other words, 17 years, 2 months or 3 months. And then told the other young fellow, I said, prepare a place for me. I'm going to break my virginity. And then he now seems an acceptable mode of lifestyle, even for those who come to church, those who are in school, and some who may even have been born again, to just engage in promiscuity, in sexual immorality, to varying degrees. Some have been born again, and you have a wife, yet, as you travel out and travel in, you mingle up yet again with others who are not your wife. They are not in any way related to you. Some are women who may have been in odd circumstances, and people render help to you. In one way or the other, you compromise yourself sexually, immorality, in different guise. What about the young men and the young women here? What about the students? To what extent have you gone? Some get right through the whole hog. You have sex, and you have outright means of perversion, and yet you close it off. First time you felt guilty. Second time you said, no, I won't do it again. Now it's become part of you. Your immune level to it has been drawn away. This day, God will have an account of you. Repent and return in the name of Jesus Christ. That healing will come your way. And there is nothing that even kills God. A relationship with God more than that of immorality. He went on in Hebrews 13.4 and says there, The marriage bed is honorable in all things. So keep it so. Keep faithful to your wife. Keep faithful to your husband. Keep your place clean, sanctified. But warmongers, adulterers, fornicators, those who try out what they watch in porno, in the laptops, in the iPhones, which are rampant everywhere. Those who now engage every day, they must have some sumptuous meal of pornographic materials. And now, it's all over, their mind, the tabula rasa, is being filled up with images of sin. He said, God will destroy. It's only in matters of sexual relationship God talks about destroying. The other place is in First Corinthians chapter 3. And that's why it's a damnable thing that we are involved in. He said, he who mixes up with a harlot. A harlot doesn't really mean just somebody who is by the street there. Or somebody who is in a hotel paid for services. It means in God's term, anyone to whom you are not legally married. He who mixes up with a harlot becomes one with her. And then, whosoever destroys the temple, defies the temple of God. Him also will God destroy. Many of us will need to ask God for healing this morning in this area in the name of Jesus. He's of pure eyes and to behold iniquity. But that's the area God is speaking about. That's the area many people are going to. And you say everybody does it. Who is everybody? 
Were you baptized everybody? Is your name now everybody? If they call everybody as a student, will you stand up and say my name is everybody? That's deceit. And that's a way to have rationalized yourself. But the Lord will grant you healing. He says I will pardon all their iniquities before the healing fully can come in other areas. There has to be a spiritual relationship healing between you and the Lord. And if you have been engaged in it, if you have been addicted to such, and any other area where your life is a lie to your Christian confession, we will confess them this morning. We will ask for the healing of the Lord, and it will be granted us in the name of Jesus Christ. Psalm 145, 18, 19 says, The Lord is near to all them that call upon Him. To all that call upon Him in truth. Verse 19, He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry, and will save them. We have read Matthew 7, 7 severally. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. God is ready to answer our prayers. God is ready to heal. God is ready to intervene. God is ready to Jesus. God can take care of our needs. He can take care of our situations. Nothing is beyond him. Nothing is outside his domain. But he has predicated them on our asking. That's why we are asking specifically this morning. God can heal you. God can intervene in your life without any action on your side. But if he kept doing that, we will take him for granted. We can predict him. We can assume and just say, well, after we've gone around, we'll put our hands in our pocket and say, that guy up there, now it's time. But that's not God. So he has put it on the area of our asking. So as we ask, we acknowledge that he alone is God. We acknowledge as Jeremiah 33 verse 2 says, This is the Lord, the maker of the earth. The things that are visible. Who makes it livable? The Lord that formed it. Who is known everywhere as God. So you acknowledge that God, you alone can do it. I have no power of my own. I suspend my knowledge. I suspend my interest. I suspend the things I've known. I only wait upon you. And we must humble ourselves. And as you do, we lay aside our willfulness. We lay aside our worry. We determine to obey him and keep our hearts open. And sure, he will hear us in the name of Jesus Christ. Healing will be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ. But we must be cleansed first. We must receive his cleansing. We must be members of the household. We must be sure. This is not the time now that you just assume that you are a Christian because you are in church. Because you have a Christian name. The people who commit atrocities up and down all bear wonderful Christian names. No. Is there a witness in your heart that there is a change? And Jesus has come in. If you don't have that, please don't play church. You would have done it for many years. And that's why your nature always keeps cropping up. Flesh, self, the world, they take over. After every little while, you try to just paint yourself like a Christian child of God. But because there is no internal generator, your real you comes up again. But God says, we are ready here. I will revive everything that was lost to them. And I will scrub them clean from the death they have done against me. I will forgive everything they have done. Forgive all their rebellions. And I will walk a true healing inside and out. Inside is the first. If you are not a child of God, you will humbly open the door of your heart and ask him to come in. Forgive you your sins. For there is no other name given under heaven, no other practice, no other ceremony, no other ritual by which we must be saved except through Jesus Christ. You believe in your heart that you are a sinner and you have gone wrong against God. The psalmist says in Psalm 51 verses 3 and 4, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sins are ever before me. He came to his right senses. The prophecy talked about the prodigal son. Even when he had gone astray, he came to his senses and returned and said, Father, I am not worthy to be called your child. Humility, 
But regard me as one of your servants. But this God who is ever merciful. Who wants to restore. Not only restore to him his status as son. But celebrated on his return. May that happen on your behalf this morning. Here and in heaven where the angels are waiting. That the only occasion in which there is a welcome reception. There is a party as it were. thrown in heaven is not when you've built a new house. It's not the newly married like those who will celebrate their Thanksgiving this morning. It's not when you've bought a new car. It's not when you've got your promotion. It's not when you've been appointed a DG. No. Heaven has a priority. And the moment you come home and say, Father, forgive me. I return. Having believed you by faith, heaven rejoices. And your name enters eternal record. May that happen with you this morning in the name of Jesus. And may you be uncomfortable until you have surrendered and say, Lord, I come as a child. Then you can have the benefits of children of the household. And we are going to ask God to perfect healing he has promised us already in the name of Jesus Christ. Exodus 15:26 tells us about the healing of God. And as we are talking, your healing can come as you open your heart and breathe him in and ask him to come direct your life and your fullness. Exodus 15:26. There it says, "And say, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in His sight, and will give ear to His commands and keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that." He led thee. Everyone say that. I am the Lord that He led thee. That's actually the first place that Jehovah Rapha was mentioned. So what God is saying there is, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah the healer. I am Jehovah the physician. That he let thee. What more can you ask for? I am the physician that heals you. Promise of God. Look at Exodus 23, 25, 26. Promise of God to the children. Those who are of Israel and of the covenant promise within. Exodus chapter 23, verses 25, 26. And you shall serve the Lord your God. He doesn't speak in emptiness, in vacuum. You know the Lord, you become his child, you engaged in service for him. You engaged in activity, in a relationship with him. You shall serve the Lord your God. He shall bless your bread. Amen. He shall bless your water. Amen. That's still part of healing. And he will not only bless your bread and water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Praise the Lord. Verse 26. There shall nothing cast their young. Miscarriage is out. He intervenes. And you deliver at normal term. You shall not be barren in your land. The Lord is the one who has given this promise. And he will keep it in the name of Jesus. The number of your days I will fulfill. In other words, the sudden death, the obscene death, the sudden end that come and abridge you down will be also terminated because the number of your days you will fulfill in the name of Jesus. Healing as Rafa is cure, repair, mending, making whole. So, as it involves the body, so does it involve area around you. And that's why God is talking about, I will heal you and make you healthy. Where we are reading in Jeremiah 33. It is God's desire that we prosper materially and be in physical health in the same dimension as our soul or spirit does what? Prospers. God is attaching our healing that comes from him, not the ones you may get directly from doctors, sometimes from chemists, 
The healing he goes is attached to your spiritual relationship with him. As your soul prospers, as your spirit is renewed, as you are in tune with God, he has a desire that you will also be in hell and prosper in the work of your hands. That's God's comprehensive life insurance policy. Health is there. Prosperity of the spirit and prosperity of the body and prosperity materially also there embedded. Praise the Lord. That's God's intention. So you are not asking for anything that is out of the usual. In area of your business, in area of your life, in area of your academics, in area of your workplace. It's a comprehensive life insurance policy. That's the package God brings. In actual fact, we are protecting our healing in three ways. Because Jesus has already wrote it. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, we are told, By his stripes we are healed. Can somebody get Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 for us? And another person gets First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. Isaiah 53 verse 5. And First Peter 2 24. And a third person we wait by with Matthew 8 17. Isaiah 53 verse 5 He was wounded and bruised for our transgressions. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was chastised for our peace. He was lashed and we were healed. By his stripes we are healed. Note the words there. The scripture is consistent. In Isaiah 53 5 we are told by his stripes we are healed. It was futuristic. Jesus hadn't come by then. But Isaiah led by the Spirit had already prophesied that the beatings on Jesus, his suffering on your behalf and my behalf, by those stripes, he will bring soteria. Healing, salvation, deliverance from destruction, from every account of the enemy. All of them are embedded package on the work that Jesus did on the cross. So he spoke futuristic. By his stripes we are healed. Can you read for us First Peter 2.24? Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross. Having died to sin might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. What did you see with the stripes there? Past tense. He bore our sins on the cross. And if we now receive him into our life, sins, our sins are washed away. We are made his children. By his stripes we, what did you see there? We are healed. Praise the Lord. Consistent. He had already finished and paid the price. He brought soteria. He brought life. He brought healing. He brought everything that has to do with wholeness. Mending our lives. So he had already finished the work. How do we now receive it? We appropriate it by faith. The same way you receive salvation. None of us goes to heaven to be born again. That place in Matthew chapter, in Romans chapter 10 says, we don't need to go to heaven again to bring down Jesus to be saved. We don't need to go down and say, maybe wake up those who are already dead and bring him up again. No, the world is near you in your mouth. You believe with your heart unto righteousness. That you're a sinner, you cannot help yourself that Jesus has died for your sins. And therefore, you call upon him. And you believe and call upon him with your mouth. And you shall be saved. As many as call upon him shall be saved. By faith. And the change occurs. And there's a witness within you that I now belong to him. All things begin to do what? 
pass away the things I used to cast a lure on you. You lay you out, in, down, up, right, left. They begin to now repulse you. That's part of the things I told you. The inside has changed. Even though physically you remain the same. By the same faith, you appropriate the healing of the Lord. And so the Bible says in Psalm 105 verse 20. He sent 107.20. He sent forth his word and did what? And healed them. Just the word. Jesus doesn't need to come down physically. And in Matthew 8.17, we are told that Jesus himself fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, what is infirmity? Infirmity is any weakness. Any weakness of body, of mind, of spirit, or even any weakness, as it were, of faith, of ability. So anything that makes us deficient in our work with God is what? An infirmity. So, you can put it this way. Infirmity is not necessarily sickness. But every sickness is what? Infirmity. Jesus says, whether sicknesses or infirmities, weaknesses, falling short in your work with God and in who you ought to be, he has come to do what? Bear them. Take care of them. And as we read in Jeremiah 33, he says, I will heal you inside and out and make you whole and cure you. So we have the comprehensive word. And that's why Jesus came to destroy all the works of the devil. And how God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So in healing, Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are all in agreement to bring us wholesomeness. How do we appropriate sin? By faith. The centurion said, speak the word. And my servant will be healed. The woman with the issue of blood that had gone on for years, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. In verse 28 of Matthew 15, where the woman cried that the crumbs from the table can fall for the dots to be part of it, Jesus said, great is your faith. Let it be unto you as you will. And so will it happen with us this morning in Jesus' name. Great is your faith. Let it happen. Let the healing come. Even though you are not of the covenant children. But this morning, it will be better you become a child of God. It will be better you establish a relationship with Him. But as your faith, so will it also be with your healing in Jesus' name. And what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 8 to that centurion who said, speak the word? He said, I have not seen such a great faith, not in Israel. So by faith, not by sight, not by feeling. And we will receive of the Lord that which will be permanent and durable and last on in the name of Jesus Christ. Friends, we will be healed inside and out. Friends, the Lord will restore health to you in the name of Jesus. The Lord will restore family peace and dignity in the name of Jesus. The Lord will restore your business as it ought to be. Whatever infirmity has shackled it in the name of Jesus. The Lord will restore your family life, conception, life partner choice in the name of Jesus. The Lord will restore that which pertains to your mind, your academics, your place of work, your wisdom. Those who are searching for places of position. As you are diligent and faithful in your work, as you also keep straight with the Lord and you say serve Him, whether it is political office or whether it is in a civil service setting, the Lord will get you to where you will be. He will restore and that which He brings, no man can shut in the name of Jesus Christ. But we will ask Him and He will answer. But we will ask Him also for a nation. He means to heal the nation. He means to heal us in every aspect of our lives. This was what was the case with Israel as a nation. And God says, I will come back. I will heal their land. I will restore. And we know in Second Chronicles 7.14, he says, The answer is in the hands of my people. The parties are doing their primaries now. All sorts of things are happening. 
But whatever is the case, we have a stake in this nation. You have no other place where you can go and be called a citizen. Even when you are a dual citizen, one who was a dual citizen the other day who was a minister, he has seen the trouble it landed her into. Being a dual citizen, she has done so many things. She has flown back to the country where her main citizenship is, as it were. This is the only place where God kept us here, as a Jerusalem. And we shall fulfill God's promise concerning us and our land in the name of Jesus Christ. So he says, if my people, not strangers, not those who are not children of mine, if my people who have formed a relationship shall humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways. Repent from anything. Because I'm of fearful eyes. Than to behold iniquity. And turn from their wicked ways. And call upon me. For their land. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive. Then will I cleanse. And then will I heal their land. We shall receive same of the Lord this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. His grace to Obatu Bieni Mendogi will be permanent and will be clear. And God will honor himself in the name of Jesus Christ. Shall we bow our heads to pray? Can you begin to speak to God? Can you begin to tell him, Father, I receive your promises here in Jeremiah 33. Call upon me, I will answer you. I will show you great mighty things, marvelous things you have not known. I will heal you inside and out. I will restore what ought to be. Infirmities in your life, in your calling, I will restore. I will restore. I will make everything as at the beginning. I have a plan. I have a purpose. If you call upon me, I will hear you. If you seek me, you will find my face. Because I know the thoughts I think towards you. I have a purpose. I have a plan for you. As you come into a relationship with me. Thoughts of good, not of evil. To give you an expected end. To give you a hope. To give you a future. To make you fulfill the reason for keeping you here in Nigeria. For putting you in school. For giving you that place to man. For giving you a place to manage. For putting that business in your hand. I have a plan for you. I want to restore. I want to heal inside and out. Thank God. For he has spoken good concerning you. To make you a joy. To make you a praise. To make you one that will be recognized. And that you can sing the praise of the Lord. And the people around will be in awe of the blessings he is pouring on you. They will get reports on all the good God is doing for you. Situation will turn around. Around you circumstances will change. Obato Bie has stepped in. He will confront the areas and things that have confronted you. Thank God. Thank him. And tell him that you are ready and available. And made this promise of grace and restoration. Of healing in entirety. Be your portion even this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. As we are praying, we cannot proceed further except we are sure that we are all children of God. Are you here this morning? And the Spirit of God has already told you, you are not yet a child of God. You bear a Christian name. You are a student. You are a mother. You are a father. You play roles. But there is no change in your heart. Jesus has not come in to reign in your heart. You don't have a witness that you belong to God. You've been born just once and that is as a natural human being in flesh. You have not been born twice because your spirit is yet far from that of God. Your lifestyle gives a lie to God being close to you. And this morning the spirit of God is saying I'm standing at the door of your heart. If you hear my voice, don't postpone, don't rationalize, don't explain it away. Give me your heart. And you want to surrender your heart this morning. And say, God, I want to be a child of the kingdom. I don't want to be outside their blessings. I want to fully be restored of you. Pardoned in all my ways of iniquity and transgression. And going wrong against you. I want to have a conscience void of offense towards you and towards man and towards my neighbor. 
I want the peace that Jesus gives. If that is you, please raise your hand where you are. We want to hand over our lives to God and ask the of Jesus who cleanses from all sins to make us clean, neat, and present us as children of God. We are going to pray for healing, but we have seen here that healing is the children's bread. Those who don't have a relationship with Him and haven't received Him in their life as their Lord and personal Savior are still outside the kingdom. They do not expect to receive from the Lord except the crumbs that come. I want to surrender my life to Christ and I want to be accepted in His beloved. Please raise your hand where you are. You believe with your hearts. You confess with your mouth. And you will be saved. I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. I ask you, from today, I repent. I turn away from my past life and my past acts that have not glorified you. I surrender to you. I surrender to your Lordship. Forgive me of my past. Cleanse me of my sins. Give me the power to be your child. And give me a witness to know that I belong to you now. Thank you as you answer me in Jesus' name. As many as receive you, God, to them you gave power to become your children, who were born not of flesh, not of blood, but by the will and the power of God. Therefore, Lord, we ask that these ones who have come, some are children, some are young people, some are young adults, we ask you, that change that you bring, that no man sees the work you do inside, but is evident on the outside. Lord, let the old things pass away in the name of Jesus Christ. Let all things become new in the name of Jesus. Father, write their names in the book of life and give them the power to live for you. Changed, turned unto you, living for your glory from now henceforth. In Jesus' name we pray. God has spoken about forgiving our iniquities. He has spoken about pardoning all our ways, our transgressions. The ways we have gone wrong against him. He says that's the condition he will have for him to heal whole and entire. And God is ministering to you clearly and I. Particularly about immorality that has engaged a good number of us. Those who say they belong to God. Young and old. Single and married. Whatever it is that the Spirit of God has told you is against what God has said for chastity, for purity, for holiness. This is the time to ask God for forgiveness. Before we can receive even the healing of the body and other areas. We are dealing with the healing of the Spirit. Salvation, healing of our relationship, those who belong to Him. Before we can be called as people. Because if I regard iniquity, if I regard the wrongdoing, if I regard a compromise in my heart and allow it in my life, the Lord will not hear me. That's scripture and that is true. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, keep yourselves from sexual promiscuity. You know the guidelines we laid out for you from the Master Jesus. God wants you to live a pure life. First Thessalonians 4, 3. And then he says also in verse 6 and 7, particularly in verse 7, God has not invited us into a disorderly, unclean life, but into a life of holiness and a life of purity that is sanctified before him. Can you ask the Lord to forgive you, to cleanse you? 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says, We see these great promises of God. The promise to heal. The promise to restore. To intervene in our lives. Having seen them, let us cleanse ourselves. You will ask for that. You will make up your mind to determine. You will pray. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. And of the spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Can you pray to God. And ask him. You who may have known the name of the Lord. 
that you have departed into iniquity. You have departed into sexual promiscuity. You have kept watching. You are addicted. You are even practiced. You have put yourself down. You cover it up and say nobody sees. And say the Lord's hand is held up. This morning he requires purity. He requires cleansing. He has called us not into an impure life, but that which is holy, sanctified. Tell him, Father, this is me. I present myself a living sacrifice. I present my body before you. Forgive me for the defilement. Forgive me for the error I've gone into. Now I ask you, God, that I might be presented holy, acceptable before you. This is your reasonable worship. This is an acceptable service. This is where God begins to reckon with you. This is where God says, this is a Christian indeed. This is my daughter indeed, in whom everything he does pleases me. I delight in it. This morning, don't sweep anything under the carpet. That's part of the healing that God will bring. Healing in our spirit. Healing to bring peace. Healing to condition us. And then, he will bring healing even into our inner recesses as he will. Ask him, please I'm sorry. Call him by name. No longer mumble about. And say, Father, I'm sorry. Cry unto him. And say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. And if you know you have been involved in any of such, you have deviated in one way that have gone and put the name of the Lord in shame and to reproach. And if you are sincerely sorry, asking the Lord to heal me, forgive me, cleanse me, just place your right hand on your chest and do it by faith, and do it by faith, and do it by faith. As you do so, just stand where you are. It doesn't matter who is looking. We are making peace with the Lord this morning. And we are sweeping away anything that would be a hindrance. We want to restore our relationship with Him. The guilt feeling. The times of compromise. We want to let them go. And stand perfect and pure before the Lord our God. Just stand where you are. Let's pray together with you. Let's pray together with you. And let the Lord bring peace. Bring healing. Bring a time of wholeness again. That you who have been marked by the enemy because you have broken the hedge. And when God keeps speaking, he says those who have gone outside the boundary on their own. You are at risk. Whatever you find you will bear. We don't want that anymore. We don't want you to be a casualty. The Lord is bringing help and healing your way. Just stand where you are. Let's pray together with you. Is there any more? We're not wasting time on them. It's by faith and it's according to what you have done. Please repeat after me. Father in heaven, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your healing. I'm sorry for my lifestyle. I'm sorry for how far in I had gone. Lord, this morning, I come to you with broken heart, with repentant heart. And I ask you, God, for forgiveness, for cleansing in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I cleanse myself of all filthiness, of the flesh and of the spirit. Accept me back. And Lord, make a highway of presence in my life again. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I am the God that he left me. I am the Lord, your healer. I sent my word and healed your disease.